It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, gang, we're going to continue with your questions and comments. Uh, this will be the bonus show for the audio folks. Welcome back in audio folks. Uh, let me find a good one here because there's been a lot of talk about all these people moving around. Joseph asks, who is going to be the full-time DH? Is it India? There's not a full-time. DH is the quasi-rest juggle position. There is not going to be one of these guys that just is the DH we've talked about what the lineup could look like. And as far as a batting order goes one through six, Jeff, where we landed one through six, one through seven could be pretty much just set every day. But even in that, those positions are going to change where they're playing on the field is going to change from day to day. People are going to scoot. People are going to move around. Uh, David Bell is going to want to keep everybody as sharp as possible at multiple positions. There's going to be a lot of movement. DH is going to be, we want to kind of give you a day off, but we kind of also want to get that guy over there to play the position you're normally playing. So you're going to be the DH today and then you'll get another day off later. That's how they're going to use the DH position in my estimation. Yeah. Like the Yankees with Giancarlo Stanton, who you don't want playing defense at any position and Shohei Otani at DH because he pitches. So you don't want him playing positions. Really, there's not too many guys that I would say is an everyday DH. The Reds are not the only team that's going to do this. There's, I think most of the league treats the DH as a as a pseudo rest day where all you got to worry about is half the game. You don't have to worry about the defensive part. Vince says if Candelario is at first base, CES is the DH. Here's where it gets fun because that's not necessarily true. Uh, I really think they're going to experiment with CES in right field. Uh, I see that coming in spring training. We're also going to see India in the outfield. Uh, we're probably going to see Marte get a try in the outfield. They're going to be looking for that right-handed platoon partner. And those three guys are probably the primary candidates. Uh, Nick Crow has already said Jonathan India is going to get some reps out there. So uh, for me, uh, it gets fun because in a normal baseball world, what you're saying, Vince, there is probably be true, but not with these reds, not with, the flexibility they're trying to create all the way around the Reds have a lot of athletes. Like I, I think that that's kind of being discounted when you look at the position designation next to each player's name. Like you think of first base for CES, you're like, ah, oh, well it's, he's there because he's not much of a mover. He's a pretty good athlete and he can run the bases pretty well too. I, I, I think that too, when you look at like the, the number of games that each player plays at DH, I think it's going to be India and Candelario who kind of fight for the most games at DH uh, simply because defensively, I think that you can kind of see Noel V. Marte being a better defensive third baseman. You can definitely see Ellie De La Cruz being a better third baseman, and you can see CES being a better first baseman than Candelario defensively. Um, and then India will will help fill in the different positions that need uh, off days or DH days or whatever. But for the most part, I think he will play more DH than, than most. All right. This next one, while not a red, sadly, um, I think is relevant. Let's talk about this for just a second. Malachi asks, do we think any major league teams are looking at Joey Votto? Um, we've all heard the Toronto Blue Jays speculation, uh, whether there's a lot of validity to that or not. 
really don't know nothing truly out of Toronto from the team as far as that goes. But we have heard from the team that they are looking for a corner infielder DH type of player. That's Joey Votto. Um, yeah. <laughs> but beyond Toronto, Jeff, I have not seen Joey in a rumor wise linked to any other team besides that Toronto piece. I've seen some rumors of maybe San Francisco, but I don't even know that that's a fit for him. And I don't know that that's who they're, that's who they're looking for either. I just know that, that, that post that he had about, you know, feeling like it's gravity where he's detached from uh, the ship and he's just kind of floating out there. Nobody's calling him back. Like, I don't think that that was like aimed at any one direction. That's just what he's doing right now. That's just experience his experience right now. And there's no rumors, man. There's no rumors on teams that are trying to go after him right now. Yeah. I, the saddest ending for this thing is for Joey to want to play and nobody to give him a look. And I really, I, I really hope it doesn't come down to that. If he does not end up with a major league gig for 2024, I hope the Reds find some way to involve him somehow if Joey's interested in that. And he might not be. He may go do that school bus thing. He's talked about going and doing. It just may right. disappear. But if he wants to be involved, I would love for the Reds to get him in the booth uh, several games for the year, get him out to the ballpark, give him a advisory role uh, with the hitters, uh, something. There's too much knowledge in his head for, for it to not be utilized by the Reds if he's willing to share it. So I, I just I would hate to see him just disappear. To be clear, you're not saying on the 26-man roster. No, 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 no. Uh, a, a role with the team, yeah. not as a player. Uh, uh, assistant coach, special advisor to broadcaster extraordinaire, whatever title they want to give him, uh, I would like to see. Uh, but no, um, I think the days of, of shoehorning Joey Votto onto the 26-man roster are probably well behind us. As we said, it's super deep. Let me find another one here for us, uh, Jeff, because I would uh, like to continue the conversation, but I can't talk into it at the same time. Talk about something. Yeah, and um, that's something interesting, too. Like, it, it stinks because from a personal perspective, I would love to see Joey Votto come back and retire a red, get to play a couple games. Let's have like a Joey Votto week or something like that. But I think that's why we had those experiences last year. And even though they were kind of like unplanned and the Reds really didn't make a big deal out of it, but we had the whole standing ovation in his last home game and things like that. Like, I, I kind of think that's that's what we want. And if Joey were to be asked how he would like to go out, I think that's how he would want it. He's never been a player that has wanted attention for attention's sake. He wanted to be a part of a championship team. He wanted to have a good career and have a long career, but I don't think he wanted that so that there could be a Joey Votto week. Like that's, that's us fans talking. I don't know that that's a team idea. And I don't know that that's a Joey Votto idea. Let's get back to this outfield experiment that the Reds are going to be conducting because Joseph Goditz is asking a question that kind of pings around in my head a lot, or at least he's making a comment that pings around in my head a lot. Uh, if they're going to experiment, the Reds, that is, if they're going to experiment with India and CES in right field, uh, Joseph says he likes CES. India's arm out there, he says, I don't know, man. That's the same thing that pops in my head every time we talk about India out there. Do you see him in right field with his arm? Uh, maybe left field? I, I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's a real question. I, I worry about that, too, because, I mean, I see 
you know, especially if, if the pirates are healthy, you see O'Neill Cruz on second base and there's a fly ball to Jonathan India. O'Neill Cruz is oh, advancing oh, 100% of the time. Yep. Um, and, and there's going to be multiple players like that in, in the division and in the league and things like that. But that's just the, the example that I have in my brain. Like they, they did that a lot on reds outfielders last year because there really wasn't that guy that had the big arm that you're, you're afraid of. And that's what we hear that CES has. We hear that he has a big arm and I'd kind of like to see that, like, you know, range questions and all and things like that. And how to, how does he run routes in the outfield? That's, that's all stuff that he's going to have to learn, but that's the same with India and he's never played the outfield. So he's got to learn all that too. And he has the, the question mark of an arm. So I, I I'm with you, uh, Joseph. I, I would like to see CES out there before I see India. <laughs> this is a good one. <laughs> Alex Watts says, do you see Tyler Stevenson playing right field? Now listen, was it 2021 he played left? played left field for yeah. a, a minute. And and yeah. so it was before we had him on the show because off of the off the air, what, what didn't make it into the recording is we talked about the outfield. And you should have seen it. Like, outfield's not happening with Tyler Stevenson. You should no. have seen his face. He was just like, was mm-hmm. no. He, he, like, didn't, he, didn't, mm-hmm. he didn't say a word. He just, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, he he yeah. did not. It, it is not. <laughs> It, he's not playing outfield folks uh it's interesting proposition think, but no i definitely uh, think that was more of a sarcastic comment because yeah I we think so too. i think so too but i i wish i kind of wish we had that grab of of him in his faces when we ask him about the outfield right because it was it was uh it was funny oh, if it God. would be a gif it would be ron swanson like you know frowning and just shaking his head like mm-hmm. yeah exactly like that (laughs) it is the final week of the nfl season and there is so much to be had over on fanduel so go to fanduel.com slash locked on right now and get started new users who place a five dollar wager can get 150 dollars in bonus bets back that's right win or lose money lines uh, point spreads over unders if you want to do a prop bet and throw five bucks on it you get 150 bucks back if you're a new user. Go to fanduel.com slash lockdown right now. You can throw five dollars on a future. Now, I do believe that the bet has to like end for you to get the 150 dollars. So I wouldn't recommend placing a five dollar money line bet on the Reds winning or a five dollar bet on the Reds winning the division because then you'll have to wait until after they win the division to get that 150 bucks. But at, that's still at plus 450. I'd go check it out. FanDuel.com slash locked on. New users can take advantage of this promo. $5 bets, get them $150 back. Guaranteed. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL, and they're the official sports book of Locked On. So, talking about the infielders to the outfield, uh, you know, Ali says, I'm pretty sure McLean was an outfielder in college. Yeah, for UCLA, he played center field. Um, initially, I was there. I was like, why are we working so hard to turn infielders into outfielders when we already have an infielder that is an outfielder? Uh, That was before we watched him play at the major league level. I am squarely, firmly in the camp. You do not take that dude off of the infield. He's going to be the infield captain, whether they put the C on his chest or not. And you all know how I feel about that at this point. Uh, But uh, there's no way I'm moving Matt McClain to the outfield. No, and I think that if you were to power rank the the best defenders on the infield, he is number one. He is the best defender, whether he's at shortstop or second base. 
he's better than Ellie. Like Ellie's Ellie's got the electricity. Matt McClain's got the consistency. And I, I definitely think that if you're moving one of those two to the outfield, I'm moving Ellie before I'm moving Matt McClain. All right, let's get into a few more of these, Jeff. I'm gonna maybe not gonna hit the hour mark today. We might be getting out of here five minutes or so. Let's see what else comes across the screen while we're doing it. Doug says Aloha Fridays are definitely the best podcast. Well, I think Monday through Thursday are pretty good too, but thank you. Um, <laughs> no, you know what makes these Fridays so good is is you all, the the listeners, the viewers. Uh, it's so much fun talking baseball with you guys. It's really why Jeff and I do this. Uh you know, we love this. We, we we say it in the intro, and I know you guys think oh, that's just the intro, but, you know, the intro is nothing but truth. We we do this because we love talking baseball with you guys, and I, I just I can't get enough of it. I wish we could do these shows live all the time, but um, scheduling and, and, and Jeff's wife would kill me if, if I managed to succeed in getting him pinned down for lives every single day of the week. So that won't happen, but we love these lives. You know, when the offseason ends, the Aloha Fridays, uh, we also pause those uh, once the season starts, but we'll do lives throughout the year. There'll be some Saturday special lives where we talk about what's going on. There'll be breaking news lives if something big happens in the game or the reds make a move so uh we love these lives jeff oh absolutely steve and actually there's something while you're looking i want to pull this up from carrie reiner she said predictions uh reds will be 200 plus homers and ellie will get two or more inside the park home runs i think number one is almost a given like i think the reds are going to smash a lot of home runs this year the inside the park home run thing is interesting because it requires a lot of different things to work out the thing that is obvious that needs to work out is something that Ellie has control of. And that's just be fast and run around the bases really fast. And he can do that on a daily basis inside and out. I have no doubt about that. The two things that you need to work out that is out of his control is you need to have an incompetent uh, fielding performance by the outfield. And you need to have an official scorer that doesn't like give it a triple plus an error. Because that happens a lot too. And in fact, they've gone back and they've done that where they're like during the game, they call it an inside the park home run. And then they go back a couple of days later and they're like, that was wrong. It needs to be a triple plus an error. And then that throws everything off. So that's the hardest thing for me to predict. That's why inside the park home runs are so fun because you really can't expect them. No, and that's the, why they're usually called little league home runs. Uh, it's because yeah. of all that stuff you're talking about in the field with with errors versus a true inside the park home run. I don't think he gets two inside the park home runs. I, I agree with you. Two hundred home runs. Yeah, that probably happens. That's a that's an easy that's an easy one. I I think it's much more likely we see Ellie steal home a bunch of times than it is we see the inside the park. I can I can see at least two instances throughout the year where he's able to kind of rope a dope deke somebody into you know getting that steal of home again especially with as much uh with as much energy as it gave him the first time he did it i i, I could see more of that coming in 2024 i agree with that uh let's get into a little bit more of matt mcclain talk just because he's kind of becoming my favorite guy i like how tim puts this but tim says that matt mcclain is the straw that stirs the drink uh, I, I agree with that. Uh, Cincy shirts. If you're listening, uh, there's a promotional opportunity there. Uh, I would buy that shirt uh, for sure. Uh, that leads me to this, which I do want to talk about is Malachi asking, will Matt McClain sign an extension soon? He's got to be the first guy on the list, right, Jeff? We keep, we keep kind of talking about this. He's, He's definitely you, the first guy on our list. Yeah. If he was willing to sign an extension right now, 
is mm-hmm. do you give him an extension right now today for you know the money that it's going to take? I mean, I don't want to speculate what those numbers would look like, but do you do it today? I would do it today. Yeah, I would do it today because I think it's only going to get more expensive. He is he's one of those guys that I just don't see him having a year, at least not this year, having a year where his value would go down. I think that he's he's only got it in him to get better, and his his floor is so high right now. Like, I think even now you'd be talking about six, seven years, at least 120 million, maybe more, um, to give to him in the end. Because, and, and you probably backload that a little bit, but may, maybe a hundred million. But especially with his agent being Scott Boris, that's going to be tough, but that's, that's probably what you're looking at. You buy out his arbitration and then you buy out his first year or two of free agency. I don't think he's going to go much further than that because players at the end of the day are looking to make money off of their ability and they're not just going to sign a lifetime deal. Plus I don't think the Reds are ever going to sign a Joey Votto type contract ever. No, it's that, it's that year or two. And then that option on for a third year, that's super expensive that yeah. like, if the reds were to pick it up it, it's one of those kind of deals uh but yeah i think the timing of that is right I, I can i can totally i can totally see a scenario where it just makes sense to do it right now though if if boris yeah. is willing to talk uh the reds should be willing to talk because i want him locked up uh here's one from main street duel <laughs> i don't think nick craw is done they say I still think uh, the Reds are going to get uh, Bieber and Class A maybe during spring training. This is an interesting take, um, and I wanted to ask you about it, Jeff, because could this have been a negotiating ploy from Nick Craw? Could could that have been a shot at Cleveland? Uh, we know there were conversations. We know those conversations were happening. Could that have been Nick Craw kind of pushing his chips to the center of the table and saying, all right, fine, we're done? I uh, could kinda, see that. I can see that part of it. I don't necessarily know that they're going to end up with Bieber and Class A because I think that, like I said, that trade package is going to be a lot. And I don't know that the Reds are going to want to pay that. But I could see it being a negotiating tactic because what do we always say about this front office? They hold things very close to the chest. They do not let things out. So when rumors come out, I'm not going to say you can almost bet on them not happening, but think about the moves that the Reds have made this offseason. None of them were rumored before they happen and they try to do things like the Atlanta front office tries to do things. Atlanta is very close to last year when they traded for Sean Murphy, there were no rumors about that this year. They traded for Chris sale. There were no rumors about that. Like that's where Nick crawl wants to run this front office. And I could see that maybe being partly negotiating ploy with specific teams, but a ploy, a, a, a little bit of a misdirect as a whole to be like, look, if you hear any rumors, those aren't, us and that way if there is another big move we'll all be like what because nick crawl told us there wasn't gonna be another big move so i could definitely see that being part of the plan for him you know i i've i've had these thoughts i've kind of bounced this around a little bit which is why i wanted to to throw that comment up there because i i think he meant what he said um i i want it i want it to be a psychological warfare type of gig that he's pulling with the other GMs. But I think at the end of the day, he meant what he said. I think that just the, the asking prices for trade packages were simply too high. And there are teams out there that are going to be willing to pay them. 
Uh, I'm glad that Nick Crow is not one of those people. Uh, I don't think they should overpay now for a starter uh, that damages the the program, that damages the growth, that that limits the window, so to speak. So so I'm glad that he walked away. Uh, and that leads me to, to this one from Ali, who thinks the management, that being Nick Crow in the front office of the Reds, is looking to spend at the trade deadline if the team is competitive at that point, if a need has identified itself, uh, really, I think, is what uh, is being said here. And I agree with that. I think the Reds will reevaluate when we get closer to the trade deadline. And if they do need to then go rent that outfield bat that it hits right-handed or rent a starting pitcher or a relief pitcher, uh, I think they will at that time because the packages will be different because you're going to be purchasing a rental versus purchasing a guy for the whole season. So I, I think uh, that's a more likely scenario. I think it'd be really interesting because I was listening to Baseball America's podcast. They did a uh, kind of a look at the Reds' new top 10 prospect rankings and talked about some of the prospects and stuff. And they had a really good, um, really good point about the depth of the system. They were, they were talking specifically about Ty Floyd, who's a name that we've mentioned a few times in different trade rumors and things like that, but he was a second round pick for the Reds last year. A very good college pitcher. And they said they're like in most farm systems, this guy would be a top five guy in the Reds farm system. He doesn't even make the top 10. That's how deep they are. They have the kind of things. And they said this, they said they have the kind of prospect and the kind of players that other teams covet that when it comes to the trade deadline, when teams are just trying to trade players and, and contract years and things like that, they don't have to dip into their top 10 prospects in order to get somebody at the deadline so they could see that being a reason why the Reds didn't make a move for Shane Bieber or, Dil or Dylan Cease right now because of the amount of talent that they can pull from. And I think it's interesting because nobody that covers the Reds farm system uses the words prospect hug. That is something that we as fans like to ascribe to the Reds because they didn't make a trade, because they didn't get aggressive, because they didn't go out and do something. They're not prospect hugging. They're just making sure that they keep the ammunition in the ch in the chamber here. Like this is something that the Reds know. Not every prospect pans out, but if you have a ton of them to throw at the problem where the Reds have to draft and develop from within, then you're much better off than if you have a couple that work out one year and then trade everybody else for veterans that are only here for another year or two. Uh, and, and then deplete your farm system for the rest of the future. I think Nick Crawl understands that, and that's why I've been pretty happy, not ecstatic, but pretty happy with this offseason where he's figured out a way to improve the present without jeopardizing the future. Sometimes buying tickets to your favorite team's next game can be a hassle. Game time does not want it to be that way. I love using the game time app because it's super easy to find the ticket that you want, the seat that you want, and find a good price there as well. In fact, if you look at it right now, the Bengals got their last home game this Sunday against the Cleveland Browns, and tickets are pretty cheap. Now, granted, it's going to be interesting to see exactly what's on the table as far as how good this game is going to be. But if you want to go to a Bengals game and you haven't been there just yet, tickets are as low as $37 on game time. Right now, or if you want to get some Cyclones tickets, there's that Dayton basketball, Xavier basketball, Cincinnati basketball. Cincinnati's got their first conference game coming up this Saturday against BYU in the Big 12. So many different options on the Game Time app. Download it today to your phone and use the promo code Lockdown MLB 
for $20 off your first purchase. Game time is the way that I go to games is the way that Steve goes to games for reds. It's perfect for the red season because you can just pull up, get your parking spot and then open up your game time app and see what last second deals they've got because they've got the last minute deals at the lowest price guaranteed. Download the game time app and use the promo code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. All right, let's do one more here. And we talked about him a little bit tongue-in-cheek as an outfielder. But let's talk about Stevenson because Lawrence thinks Stevenson's going to have a huge year, 20 or more home runs, period. Not 40. Lawrence, you're not going to double down <laughs> on the as far as you went last not year. You're not going to win as far as <laughs> I went last year. All right, 20 home runs, Jeff. Tyler Stevenson, I think that's very, very realistic. I think that what we saw from him towards the end of last year uh, I think he applies all that moving into 2024. Better year coming. 20 home runs? I think so. I think, so. I think somebody asked last week over under 22 and a half, and I think we both said over. Over? So yeah, I 25 could, home runs seems I could get behind 25. Um, I, I think that I think that what we'll see from Tyler Stevenson is a comfortable, uh, comfortable catcher. Uh, he'll put up really good catcher numbers. Uh, we're not going to have to experiment with all this moving around and and – you know, Stevenson, you know, himself has said he thinks he can be a 20. He can be a 25 homer guy. He wants to play 130 games a year. Uh, if he gets in that many games uh, just as a catcher, then I, I think that's realistic. And I and I want to end on this because you said that we got one more before we get out. I want to get it because I want to talk about this. And Malachi Hayes asks, what is the Cubs waiting for? What are the Cubs waiting for? I have no idea, Malachi. And if you listen to our Locked On Cubs guys, they're going nuts because they don't get it. They spent all this money to get Craig Council away from the Brewers. And now maybe, maybe they were a little bit worried, uh, a little bit, a little bit bummed that they missed out on Shohei Otani, but they haven't done anything. There, there's no one. Like they haven't signed a relief pitcher. They haven't signed a starter. They haven't signed a bat. Cody Bellinger's still out there. He was one of the biggest reasons that the Cubs were any kind of successful last year because he led that lineup, and they still haven't brought him back. Like I, I find it so weird to me, just as an outside observer that honestly wouldn't mind it if the Cubs kept doing what they're doing. I find it so strange that they haven't spent anything yet, and the more that the offseason goes along, you kind of wonder. Now, there's still plenty of talent out there on the free agent market for them to go spend on, and we could be having a completely different conversation before spring training begins. But the fact that the Reds are basically done with their shopping and the Cubs haven't even gotten out of the car in the parking lot yet is so strange to me. No, I completely agree. And for me, it's only the second strangest story in the National League Central right now. For me, the strangest story in the National League Central is all of the odds makers saying that the St. Louis Cardinals are the best team in this division. I don't, yeah, it's, it's, cool. the Cubs and Cardinals, you know, one thing you can count on is that those two are always going to be in the conversation and that St. Louis Cardinals are always going to be awful. Uh, and that is where we're going to wrap up today's show. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Reds. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen every day. Every day is coming up next week. We are going to continue to dissect this team and get you ready for spring training. Uh, Jeff, we've got a lot of offseason left. The Reds, they've said they might be done. They may be done. But what can folks expect from us the rest of the way this offseason? They can expect us to keep our ears to the ground in case anything does happen. They can expect us to be keeping an eye toward the future, 
future being this coming season and who's going to be where and who's going to play what and how many home runs is Ellie De La Cruz going to hit. And they can expect us to be locked on Reds every single day. I love that your aversion for buttons has led to two shirts. It's cold, man. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.